They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to the impure spirits and they obey him. And news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the gospel of our Savior. You, you may be seated. We tend to think that our problems are a pretty big deal. I'm not making ends meet, and I've got three months until this becomes a real problem. That's a pretty big deal. Every time I pick up the phone and I call my kids, I learn that they're not going to church. And every time I, I try to talk to them about it, click, the phone is hung up on me. That's a pretty big deal. I'm starting to be taken over by depression and sadness. I don't see any hope, a light at the end of the tunnel. That's, that's a, a pretty massive deal. I, I have these addictions, whether it's substance, alcohol, or, or drugs, or, or pornography, or, or gambling. And, I, and all of a sudden, the consequences of that are, are really starting to stare me dead in the face as my life falls apart. That is a really, really big deal. Maybe if you're a, a little younger, you're in school and you're looking around and, and you don't think that anybody likes you. And then, then you go home and, and you don't feel like you're being attended to by your parents. And, and by all accounts, it seems like they don't like you very much. That is a huge deal in your life. Your marriage is a sham. That's a pretty big problem. And this is not to mention the fact that, that we deal with pride every single day and we deal with cheating and lying and stealing and, and being arrogant. We deal with being quick-tempered, with not being loving, with, with slandering, with gossip. Maybe we're even stuck in some activity that's illegal. Have I found your problem yet? Because I could, I could keep going if you'd like. We have all of these problems in our lives that, that drive this wedge between, between us and the people around us. And we have all these problems. What they're really doing is they're driving a wedge between us and our loving Father in heaven. But you know what, dear brothers and sisters? Don't worry. If you're like me, you have a surefire solution to every single one of those problems. Right here. I can take care of this. I'm able to work my way out of this one. If I have a problem that is plaguing me in my life, I will be able to take care of it. I don't need anybody's help with this. 
and that thought process all of the sudden causes us to become this, this little G God in our own life as we say, if I've got an issue, not only is it on me to solve it, but I have every capability and capacity within myself to take care of me. I don't need anyone. Yes, even there are times I don't need my God. I can take care of it. And so you see how we take care of the problems of our lives. The depression hits a certain level, but all of a sudden, you know what really seems to help that is, is drinking or, or using drugs a little bit more. That's our solution to the problem of depression sometimes, isn't it? Our solution to not feeling in, in place at home is to is to view other places as our home. And so we, we try to spend as much time at, at work or in schoolwork so that we don't have to be around the people of our family. If your marriage is a sham, perhaps the way that you solve that is just to, to use pornography and, and maybe, maybe that just sort of takes care of the problem. It keeps the marriage afloat just for a little bit longer. I don't feel in place. I don't feel loved. So I'm going to get all sorts of cosmetic surgeries. And maybe, just maybe, the problem is this, this bag of flesh that God has given to me. So I am going to go and, and, and try to reassign my gender because I am that confused and I am that out of answers. Do you see how humans deal with our problems? We are dealt challenges in this life and then we take it and we make them worse are you tired of it are you tired of seeing yourself as the, the the little god of your world that that sees an issue that comes up and immediately your mind starts to spin and you go i've got to fix this for myself are you are you worn out are you sick and tired of taking the place of god today i want you to imagine the struggle of the man in our text this man who is possessed by an impure spirit. You think you've got problems. Could you imagine what that man was going through? Could you imagine what it must have been like to walk a day in that man's shoes as he was quite literally possessed by evil, not just in a spiritual way, but in a bodily way? Do you know where your life has to get to to get to that point in this world? How much you have to give yourself over to evil and to Satan himself. This man is clearly walking on this pathway towards hell. He might as well walk around with a big stamp on his forehead that says property of Satan. Because that's exactly where he found himself. And then in six words, our Lord Jesus calls an end to it. Do you understand how mind-blowing that is? In six words... This insurmountable problem that was bringing hopelessness and despair and yes, even hell itself, the Lord Jesus flips it over on its head and slams it to the ground and says, this isn't a problem anymore. He shows on full display that evil itself, Satan and his demons, are no match for the words that come out of his mouth. If we are going to talk about authority, let's look here first to see this great big issue that Jesus truly does have authority over. He has authority over life and death, heaven 
and hell. Salvation and damnation. We see Jesus as a man, as a God, who has absolute authority over our lives. I was at a pastor's conference earlier this week. I I spent a few days in Atlanta, and and one of the the topics was um, the study of anthropology as it relates to ministry, and that's just kind of a, a, a fancy way, an academic way of saying how we deal with people, how we treat people in ministry. And one of the conversations that we had, uh, that as we talked about the things that plague human beings, is this, this desire for self-determination that says, I get to be who I am and I don't want anybody, not my parents, not my pastor, and not even my God. I, I don't want you to tell me who I need to be or, or any changes that I need to make or, or what my future looks like. I want to determine my future myself. I want to determine my life Myself. Dear people of peace, I have so much good news for you. You don't need to do that. Your life doesn't need to be your own. In fact, I, I challenge you, I say, don't, don't let it be your own. You don't have to dictate your own future because your future lies right in the palm of the, the omniscient, omnipotent, all-present God himself who has the ability to, with just six words, cast out demons and drive evil from its trenches. Those six words that cause us to think forward in Jesus' ministry as he utters three words about about our battle with sin. When he cries out, it is finished on the cross. You and I, dear brothers and sisters, we don't need self-determination because we live, we bow our heads under an authority That is so much better than me being me and you being you. Rather than me being me, how about I be God's? Completely under his control. Completely subject to his divine, sovereign power. At the mercy of his whims. Locked in the chains of his grace and bound up in the shackles of his victory. I am always willing to bow my head to an authority like that that is being constantly used on my behalf. Your God wields this almighty, righteous, powerful right arm, and he wields it not for the church at large. I mean, he does, but he wields it for you, yourself, in your personal life. Have you given that thought in your week? Have you given that thought as you go through the challenges of your life, as you deal with the sins in your life, that God himself is is waving that big, strong bicep around on your behalf? Yes, dear brothers and sisters, that is an authority unlike any others. And it's one that was identified not even just in in the action of Christ here, but in his preaching as, as we hear that that the people before, before Jesus even showed up, they realized who Jesus was and, and what he was all about. It says, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. And after he releases the, the man from the impure spirit, the people are no less impressed. In fact, they're even more impressed and they go, this guy is different. This God is different. 
I think one of the most fascinating parts about this, this narrative, this thing that actually happened in, in real time and in real space, is the fact that, that this man, this man was actually confessing a truth about Jesus. You hear again, it says that he says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And God says, that might be true, but be quiet. I will not give to you the authority to even confess my truth, to even wave around a small modicum of the authority that I equip the people here on earth with. But for you and I, For you and I, God takes this big ball of authority, this absolute authority that he has over everything from from the wind and the waves down to the very heart that beats inside of this body. He gives us this small little piece of authority and he says, you, you wield my word in this world. You wield my authority on my behalf. Imagine the grace that has to be shown in order to, to be willing to equip people like you and me with, with that authority, with authority that has been given from God himself. When we see our, our God say these things about us, it is finished. And all of the other promises that, that Jesus makes to us during his ministry, we can understand that, that those promises are, are perfect in him. Because we are listening to the architect of our body, our soul, our salvation, and our eternity. It is like taking golf lessons from Tiger Woods. It is, it is like understanding how a car works from Henry Ford. This person understands your salvation better than you ever could. When we crack open the pages of scripture, that is what we find. We find the architect of every blessing that we have, of everything good, and yes, of heaven itself, speaking to us with authority, that says you don't have to question, you don't have to wonder, you don't have to doubt because you hear it come from my lips, the same lips that drove out a demon from a person. Because you've heard it from my lips, you don't need to doubt my promises. We all like to think that we are good at fixing our problems in life. But we're not, right? Maybe the small ones, when the pantry's empty, maybe I'm able to get in the car and go, go buy a box of Frosted Flakes. That's maybe the extent of the, the power that I have to fix the problems of my own life. And yes, maybe, maybe as you walk out of this, this room, you're going to go, Pastor, but, but I still have those problems. I still have the problems in my marriage, the problems in my life. I still have the addictions. I still have all of these things. Those problems, dear brothers and sisters, are made low in what Christ has done for you. The fact that he has the authority, by virtue of authority, he is able to say, you are free from sin and the power that it holds over you. We can know that that is completely true, even even if we don't necessarily feel it in our day-to-day lives. When Jesus says to you, you are free by my authority, you are free from the power of Satan and evil in this world, you are able to know that the words that he speaks are able to close the doors to Hades itself. He is able to pick you out from the clutches of the devil and say, you are not his property, you are mine, and you will be mine forever. 
And yes, by virtue of authority, Jesus overcomes that desire for self-determination. He gets rid of that me-be-me attitude. And he says, how about you do something different in life? How about you be mine? Because mine is, being mine is a lot better than you just being you. Being mine means that you have an eternal heaven to wait for. Being mine means you're a part of a kingdom. A kingdom that will never end. A kingdom that is full of power and grace and joy and victory. A kingdom in which I am the all in all. That is the authority that God wields on your behalf. The authority to bring you close to him. The authority to stand over the top of all of the problems that that maybe you still have on your mind and to say these might be issues in your life today but they will not be issues in your life forevermore. That is absolute authority. Amen.